Welcome to the Gunning Truth with Ronnie in association with the Arsenal Cape Town Official Supporters Club, a podcast that dissects all things Arsenal. Unfortunately, another year in the FA Cup that Arsenal are knocked out. Unfortunately, in a huge game against Manchester City, we came up short in a game where I thought for, let's say, 60% of the game, I thought we were the better team. And we made quite a few changes. So that's actually something that's quite positive for the future of uh, Arsenal's changed team, especially with the Europa League upcoming and the fact that we were able to make some quite smart additions to the team, despite the fact that we felt a little bit down with the transfer window, but I'll get into the transfer window shortly. Just a quick review on the game. Uh, It's one of those weird games you don't want to lose. I predicted we will have a a, a narrow loss, Uh, but, uh, you know, it's still still kind of, I won't say hurts because uh, I'm actually happy that we are able to concentrate on other things and I feel the Europa League as well as the league are uh, definitely obtainable but very important and it will be difficult to actually uh, navigate due to the fact that uh, in some cases you can see in certain positions Arsenal are stronger with regards to the depth of the team but I feel we did quite well with regards to this transfer window it wasn't uh, the sexy signings as we like to call it but uh, we did try for players and I will actually review the transfer window shortly so Arsenal's team Turner in goal thought he had a very good game our fullbacks had decent games as well Tommy Yasso played right back and Tierney at left back and then right centre back Holding who had a very strange game got a yellow card handled literally handled Haaland but uh, in some cases the physicality actually ended up kind of working in our favour Haaland was relatively quiet uh, even though that was quite a nice battle there so Holding only played 45 minutes and obviously taken off due to that yellow card but I didn't think he did very badly and then Gabriel Magahesh had left centre back once again even though we recently purchased Kivio it probably wasn't the right game for him and Arteta likes to play uh, a right-footed right centre-back and a left-footed left centre-back. So uh, even though I've been calling for Gabriel to... I was actually hoping it would be Saliba at right centre-back and Kivio at left centre-back. But I obviously do understand why Holding is seen as a senior player and uh, Arteta does want to play him in games that is not league games per se. In midfield, we had Thomas Partey as our six, also only played 45 minutes, apparently a rib injury. And then obviously our other experienced central midfielder, Granit Xhaka at our left eight position and our right eight slash right wing slash number 10, Vieira, were also had quite a quiet game uh, for what we needed. Uh, Saka on the right wing, Trossard on the left wing, thought he had a good game, and Nketia up front. So... Uh, I thought as a team we played quite well. Uh, We controlled large instances, I would say, for about 50 minutes. And unfortunately, we lost control 
in the second half when Sambi unfortunately had to come on for Thomas Partey and the mere fact that I'm sitting here now and Sambi Lokonga has been let go in the transfer window on loan to Crystal Palace just says it all really we've he's played every single changed team game uh, mostly as a six or you can actually say it was 50-50 so he plays as a six and as an eight and at this moment in time we still don't know exactly what is his preferred role uh, obviously in pre-season he came on as a substitute uh, in second halves as a left eight and did quite well got into the box I think he even scored against Chelsea in pre-season and then for some reason well not for some reason he had to play as a six in a couple of games and he tended to struggle because uh, he doesn't have that aggressive nature in in his play which I don't know how you can coach that into him maybe Patrick Vieira will be able to get something out of him from an aggressive standpoint because he's quite neat and tidy with his passing at times you can say his passing isn't aggressive enough so it's maybe uh, safe but uh, hopefully he gets to do well at Crystal Palace I don't know if he's really made for the Premier League I don't want to say too much because he is now going to a new environment and Crystal Palace tends to on the one hand keep the ball and then sometimes they like to play counter-attacking football even against lesser teams so it's going to be very interesting to see how he goes uh, if I'm not mistaken they're playing Man United soon so uh, obviously he had a very bad game at Old Trafford okay I wouldn't say a bad game uh, we had we played well in that game if you if you remember I've actually mentioned that game so many times this season and I think I need to start getting over it but uh, it's part of what's going to be happening in the near future but without going into a further tangent we are unfortunately out of the FA Cup United are through City's through Tottenham still in there and then I think Liverpool just got knocked out by Brighton so there was opportunities for Arsenal to be able to but I just think it's for the best uh, and you can say that we've actually added to our squad now especially with the shrewd signings but I think uh, focusing on the Europa League and the league is going to be very important next up for Arsenal Everton in the league What a transfer window. Absolute madness took place in this transfer window. From a player twerking for us the entire December and early Jan to only end up going for eight and a half years to Chelsea uh, at, a, at a fee that is much higher than our transfer record. We've had a situation where we were going after an Ecuadorian youngster, fantastic holding midfielder, and the club just said no. After two bids, uh, talks of a third bid was was also said but uh, I don't think that took place because Arsenal were starting to upset Brighton in fact there is a couple of articles in Football London as well as the Athletic that says we actually indeed did piss off Brighton so that could have ramifications in the summer we'll see but uh, unfortunately Arsenal uh, you can analyze it anyway so I'm going to look at it at two ways. Number one, we had our number one targets. I don't know if João Felix is a number one target because the astronomical fee that it would have cost for someone where you have no option even to purchase the player. Obviously, during the season, that can change. But uh, I won't say that that was a number one target. I think that was just an opportunity 
working through the agents and obviously Chelsea they obviously went big in that sense so I'm not going to put João Felix down as a serious serious look that Arsenal had because I think they wanted the fee to come a bit down and uh, obviously Chelsea they were using the opportunity to purchase him or not purchase him but loan him in a very very big deal I think it was like a 18 million deal in total and obviously covering his wages as well which would have been round about the same as Jesus and you don't want to get into that situation again then our other transfer saga was well the main transfer saga in the first half of the window was Mikhailo Mudrik and uh, obviously the the notion was that a couple of behind the scenes things took place which uh, was very disappointing uh, things like having to pay uh, a certain amount over a certain period of time uh, especially so that Shakhtar Donetsk can donate some money towards the Ukrainian army so we've now got geopolitical and political ramifications entering our transfer dealings so it was very difficult for us to get over it however as someone in the athletic said there was another journalist in the athletic that said that even though Arsenal have missed out on the number one targets the number two targets tended to actually fit the team better so uh, Vlaovic we ended up getting Jesus uh, Mudrik we ended up getting Trossard obviously uh, eventually if you analyze the careers it's very likely going to be that Mudrik will have better numbers but maybe wouldn't have suited the team especially his uh, off the field character seems a bit dodgy uh, and then uh, um, Moises Caicedo is a holding midfielder that we were looking at once again he will probably be better in the long run but for this short term need Jorginho seems to be the right one I actually feel that in Jorginho's case uh, somebody again I'm using journalists that I follow and there's a handful that I trust and follow and agree with when it comes to analyzing things there's a lot of people that actually feels that Arsenal's got this very fast style of play keep on going keep on going keep on going but in the final 10 games of the season where maybe there's a little bit of lack of energy we need that experience in midfield and Jorginho can actually slow the game down yes in transition he's going to struggle yes when teams are counter-attacking us quickly there could be problems but then you need runners around him and I feel that we've got enough especially with the way we play with our fullbacks to cover him Zinchenko's going to cover Jorginho or Tierney will cover Jorginho or Xhaka will you know play a little bit deeper uh, in certain instances especially if there is a threat on the counter-attack or a threat in transition which is something that Arsenal might struggle with especially in the final bits of the season especially with teams in playing low banks and then in transition they try and uh, find a way maybe you can look at our worst moments in games in this past season where we are dominating most games and controlling most games teams in transitions that's normally where we tended to have little issues but that's only because of the way that we are attacking and generally at home away from home we seem to have it all handled but uh, I'm, I'm happy with the transfer window yes you are slightly underwhelmed because you were after a Mudrik, a Felix a Caicedo we definitely put the bids in so that's not uh, just paper talk we definitely tried and you can on the one hand overanalyze uh, the club 
and say that over the past couple of seasons, even though we're doing well, even though we're leading by five points the league, we haven't gotten our number one target. So hopefully that changes in the summer. Is Declan Rice our number one target? Are we going to go in with a 60 million bid when the player is 80 million plus add-ons? So hopefully that's something that we need to learn. I do understand that transfers works a certain way and it seems like Edu has a certain way where we have to bid three or four times for a player in order to get him, i.e. I think the Ben White one was quite a number of bids before we eventually got him. So I do understand that in some cases you have to, you know, test the waters a bit with certain bids. But uh, very likely we lost out to Mudrik because of the we bid so, uh, so an amount and we are not willing to go that little extra mile or eventually we do go the extra mile, i.e. Caicedo, where we probably went up to 70 million. I don't think we went to the 80 million mark because I don't think there was a third bid. We were already starting to have little issues with Brighton after they said the player is not for sale. But just a little review on what Arsenal did. Uh, I've made a little bit of notes in my Arsenal book. So on the 1st of Jan, uh, there was an option to extend taken from Salabar and Saka's deals. So obviously Arsenal had that. They normally have that situation in the, the players' uh, contracts where they are using the option to extend. So that just obviously gives Arsenal more leeway and more negotiating time with the Salabar and Saka contract. So their contracts only runs out in June 2024. So that is still more than a year, a year and a half from now. So obviously now we're just looking at uh, maybe four years added onto, if there is new contract that's agreed, it will probably be a four-year contract with the option of a fifth. On the 6th of Jan, one of our up-and-coming youngsters, right back Brooke Norton Cuffey, was recalled from Rotherham. So quite a few players were recalled at the previous loan clubs and sent on loan to another club. So Arsenal not letting the players stew at these clubs. They, if it's not working out, then they actually recall them. Actually, Arsenal have a loan recruitment team or that, that looks at how the players are doing on loan and then they actually have a plan of action for them in the second half of that loan. So Brooke Norton Cuffey, 6th January, recalled from Rotherham and went on loan to Coventry City. On the 10th of Jan, Miguel Aziz, a player that's actually quite quite a while in our uh, senior youth uh, players. Uh, he was recalled from Ibiza in Spain and then sent on a six-month loan to Wigan. Uh, 16 January, Arthur Okonku, probably our, how can I say, uh, highest rated youngster on loan at the moment. He had a very good period at Crewe. And he has gone to the Austrian Bundesliga on a six-month loan to Sturm Graz. So that's a very good deal. Hopefully he does well there. Another of our young goalkeepers, 19 January, Ovi Ejeheri, recalled from Chelmsford. And he has gone to a team that I cannot pronounce. A six-month loan to SJK Sainayoki. I do not know where in the world that is. It sounds Japanese, but it's a Scandinavian team. On the 20th of January, our first incoming so 20 days it took arsenal to sort out incomings leando trossard from brighton 20 million plus 7 million in add-ons and those 7 million are probably easily obtainable qualifying for the champions league maybe scoring a certain amount of goals and then difficult obtainables can be a possibility of winning the league and winning the champions league 
Three days later, Arsenal's second incoming, Jakob Kivio from Spezia, in a 17.5 million plus 2.5 million add-ons deal. On the 30th of Jan, another young goalkeeper, Tom Smith, recalled from Bromley and sent out on loan, on a six-month loan to Colchester United. So Arsenal don't waste time. And obviously not all these players are going to eventually have a future at Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal are wanting to better their selling. 31st of January, that's where most of our business took place. Marquinhos, a six-month loan to Norwich City. A humongous, humongous... Uh, the reason why I'm using these words is I really rate him and I really hope it goes well for him. It just I saw the videos of his first day at Norwich City and uh, I really hope it works out for him. He seems happy uh, to be able to get some game time, but it's going to be tricky. Norwich City are up and coming or they are starting to do well in the championship. So hopefully he gets enough game time to be able to show showcase his ability because there is something there. It's raw. But there is something there. So hopefully he can be a squad player next season for us. Or maybe still go on loan to a Premier League team. To just aid in his development. Arsenal then had another player recalled. I think from Sparta Rotterdam. Omar Rakik. And he's gone on a six month loan to Wigan. So he joins Miguel Aziz at Wigan. And then uh, let's just get the final signing. Jorginho from Chelsea. £10 million signing with 2 million in add-ons and that's probably per, uh, participation based meaning a certain amount of fixtures I'm assuming that's what the add-ons are for so easily obtainable add-ons rather than uh, winning the league or scoring certain goals or winning the Europa League or qualifying for the Champions League I think that is probably obtainable, easily obtainable a certain amount of matches and then obviously qualifying for the Champions League so I think Chelsea will eventually get that 2 million and then we had a permanent youngster, a permanent deal for a youngster. That's Harry Clark to Ipswich. We had Nathan Butler Oyedehi, a very exciting attacking player, on loan to Accrington Stanley. Taylor Foran on loan to Hartlepool. Kiddo Taylor Hart and Billy Vigor on loan to Derby County. And then obviously two first teamers. Sambi Lakonga on loan to Crystal Palace. And Cedric Suarez, a deal that took two weeks to complete due to the wages issues and that was Arsenal's last player that is in the Kia Jeropchian uh, uh, the agent that caused all sorts of havoc with Arsenal's transfer transfers the last couple of seasons which we are still struggling with so unfortunately Cedric Suarez will be coming back to the Emirates or to London Colney in June so we still wouldn't have been able to gotten rid of him because he would still have another year left on his contract and it's just a dry loan to Fulham it's uh, of six months they are paying all his wages however they uh, there is no option to buy so no obligation and no option to buy all in all I've given the window a 6.5 out of 10 I feel we didn't get our number one targets so it's very difficult for me to give a higher rating however I am happy it's a 6.5 that is happy uh, with the business that we've done we couldn't be in a situation where we didn't bring in a midfielder and Sammy just wasn't working out played every single game other than the obviously the league games he had a couple of league games that he played in uh, uh, two games at, at most and it didn't go well he played every single Europa League game 
played the Carabao Cup loss and played the second half of the FA Cup loss to City. Didn't look good in the first half against Oxford in the first FA Cup game. So it's been a struggle for him in the number six, in the number eight. Confidence, playing out of position, playing in an unpreferred position. I don't know what it is, but we just don't know what is his strength. Hopefully we get to see that with him at Crystal Palace. So we've got a load of players out on loan. I think I read somewhere 20-odd. So hopefully there is some sort of uh, plan of action when it comes to this upcoming June because you're going to have the likes of uh, Pepe and Cedric Suarez, uh, players that's not really uh, players that's going to be in the plans. However, they will have one year left on their contract. That's why they will be returning. Uh, the likes of El Neni, who I'm reading, is uh, they going to extend his contract. However, that's kind of got to do with the loyalty thing as well as uh, the fact that he's going to be doing his coaching badges with Arsenal. So I won't read too much into that with regards to us not getting our midfield targets in, in the summer. I really hope the Declan Rice thing happens. Uh, Arsenal will strongly, strongly like the I can't see us messing up a top four. It's just a matter of we are going to try and compete for this league. 19 games to go still. So that's Arsenal's January transfer window. I give it a 6.5 out of 10. I look forward to seeing what Jorginho does. Trossard has looked good. And there is a lot of things, good things, behind the scenes with regards to Jakob Kivio. So let's hope that Arsenal are able to use these players. Let's hope Smith, Rowe and Nelson gets back within the next seven days. And let's hope that Jesus is back by the second leg of the Europa League last 16. Up the Arsenal. Our review on the Arsenal Academy and ladies teams as we end off the month of January. Unfortunately, not a good a couple of days for the Arsenal Academy. The under-21s losing with quite a strong team in the under-21 Premier League to Tottenham. That really affects our league position. We lost at home 2-1 in a game where, again, silly goals, as I've mentioned every time when I speak about the under-18s and under-21s. Uh, you see the Arsenal Academy Twitter timeline. You see Arsenal creating this off the post and then conceding a goal uh, then we our log situation is we are now fourth uh, three points off Chelsea who have two games ahead of us so they somewhere along the line messed up one of their games because they were three points ahead of us already prior to our loss and they are still three points ahead of us with two games in hand Arsenal alongside Crystal Palace and Man City all played 14 games However, Palace and Arsenal have drawn an extra one, whereas Man City have drawn one less and won one more. So technically speaking, Manchester City are currently the top team if you look at points per game. However, Man City, Palace and Arsenal all have to play games in hand. The top seven are separated by six points. So a couple of good wins and you back in it. Arsenal's under-18s drew 2-2. So they are staying round about mid-table in the under-18s. And then Arsenal losing in the Premier League Cup, a competition where they are already through to the next stage. 
they lost 3-2 to Burnley with a very much changed team. So uh, not good results. Under-18s drawing and the under-21s losing both their games over the last seven days. But uh, not the end of the world. Arsenal are in the next round of the Premier League Cup for the under-21s and they are in the next round of the FA Cup, FA Youth Cup quarterfinal. So it's just that the league position isn't looking so good for the under-18s. They are struggling with regards to conceding quite a lot of goals. However, I'm going to say it every time, it's very difficult for them to have a consistent starting eleven because of all the movements between the under-21s and the under-18s. And then we quickly move on to the Arsenal women. You don't really want to quickly move on to one of our best performing teams in the Arsenal sphere. However, uh, Arsenal women beat Leeds United 9-0 in the Women's FA Cup to progress to the fourth round. However, the two best two teams in the last 10 years uh, are playing each other. So uh, Arsenal actually now have to play Chelsea. So similar to the men that has to play the team that is closest to them in terms of the league. And yeah, unfortunately Arsenal have to go to Chelsea, to Kings Meadow and play Chelsea twice next month, once in the league away from home and once away from home in the FA Cup fourth round. So it's basically going to come down to Arsenal and Chelsea in the competitions, the League Cup, Chelsea's playing West Ham and Arsenal playing Man City as well as Arsenal having to play Man City away from home in the League Cup catch-up game. So Arsenal are playing Chelsea and Man City twice in the month of Feb, Chelsea twice away Man City home and away League and League Cup League Cup semi-final against Man City and then this Sunday uh, last week Arsenal didn't play their game sorry two weeks ago uh, due to the fact that the pitches were frozen Arsenal couldn't play their away league game to Brighton so Arsenal slipped down to third Arsenal are away to West Ham this Sunday a game that will be on Supersport uh, one of the later channels 209 I think it is uh, Arsenal will be playing at quarter to nine Sunday evening, uh, playing West Ham. I'm not sure who Chelsea and Man United are playing. Man United are currently top and Chelsea are second. Obviously, Man United having played a game more. So it's still looking good for the Arsenal women. So just to review, they're in the next round of the Champions League. The draw is early Feb. So they will obviously get a tough draw because it's the the best eight teams that's left in the Women's Champions League so there's no easy games and uh, Arsenal are in the League Cup semi-final away to Manchester City they are away to Chelsea sorry they are at home in the League Cup semi-final to Man City they are away to Chelsea in the FA Cup Women's Round 4 and we are three points off the top in the WSL with a game in hand so all looking good for the Arsenal women Arsenal Academy under 21s losing a little bit of zip and the under 18s in mid table so not too bad for our other teams under the Arsenal sphere come on you Gunners Arsenal go to Goodson Park this coming Saturday lunchtime and I've actually built a little theme this last week, uh, uh, post all the transfer business, that uh, we've actually struggled a little bit up north, north or northwest. We tend to struggle a little bit. 
Uh, obviously, there's a load of teams, but just the ones that stands out. Uh, Man United lost last season, lost this season, conceded three goals both times. Uh, lost to Man City last season, five goals. Did a little bit better, only lost by one. However, we didn't score this time around, as well as last season. So, six goals conceded there. We drew in the League Cup with 10 men at Anfield. And... Uh, lost heavily in the league game so I think it was 4-0 so 4-0 and 0-0 at Anfield scored twice last season at Old Trafford once this season scored nothing at the Etihad and we lost in a terrible performance 2-1 where I think there was like three offside goals in a terrible performance at Goodson Park so we don't have a good record when we move that side of England however it is a new year the only issue is we still have to play Liverpool and we've already lost both our visits to Manchester so a little bit concerning our form when we go up north but uh, I'm confident I'm confident that we will win quite easily this weekend obviously there is a new manager in place Sean Dash uh, they lost Anthony Gordon I can't I, I haven't checked all the transfer business so I don't think they got much in They've got Neil Mopay, the former Brighton uh, striker. And they've got Calvert-Lewin. They've got Damari Gray up front. They've got Iwobi, who's had a decent season. They've got Onana, a player that we were linked with in the final seven days of the transfer window. So they've got players that can, I won't say hurt us, but players with names. So if they perform on the day, if Sean Dyche gets a 4-4-2 formation, we, it will probably be Mopay or Gray. No, it will be grey on the wings. So you'll very likely have Mope and Calvert-Lewin if they are fit up front. Very likely it will be grey on the wings. And then Onana, I don't offhand remember all the central midfielders. Probably Onana and another holding midfielder. And then they've got Keane at the back. And uh, there's an Ecuadorian player that they've got that I can't get to now. So they've got players that can, within a system... Uh, uh, just give us a little bit of problems uh, from a defensive standpoint I don't know if they're going to be able to get enough ball to cause us problems in transition uh, to some extent Damari Gray has a bit of pace about him furthermore they don't have much attacking threat when it comes to speed of play and then obviously Arsenal's got three new signings and uh, a couple of hours ago I saw some training pictures I actually didn't see Thomas Partey or Jorginho in the training pictures but that generally means nothing because they don't show all the players purposefully so but I did see uh, Reese Nelson is back in training so that means all four are wide forwards are fit and in full training Trossard and Martinelli will probably cover left wing and Nelson and Saka right wing unfortunately we only have one striker even though there's some positive pictures doing the rounds from Jesus in football boots on grass so that means he is probably doing some fitness work and a little bit of ball work I reckon he will be back round about the I think he'll be on the bench for the second leg of our Europa League game which will very likely be at home because we are a seeded team in the last 16 uh, so it's looking good from numbers perspective and then obviously Jorginho is there to uh, be in aid of Thomas Partey El Nenny is very likely out for the season and Sambi Lokonga is out uh, to Crystal Palace so it's very likely going to be Vieira 
Odegaard and Smith Rowe that's going to cover as a left eight for Arsenal. I can't see Arsenal playing Jorginho and Thomas Partey. Maybe they can, uh, with Thomas Partey playing the left eight position and Jorginho at the base. So it's possible to play that way. But I foresee if Smith Rowe is fit that he can actually play in that left eight. It will be very interesting actually if we can have Jorginho, Smith Rowe, and Vieira possibly in a Europa League game it all depends on who we get there are going to be tough teams left Juventus, Barcelona or Man United they are playing each other a couple of German teams are there probably two or three German teams Portuguese teams etc so it will be interesting to see how Arsenal use the players that's added now but uh, my team for Saturday will probably be unchanged from the last time we played I can't even remember what was our last league well the, the magnificent win over United so Ramsdale in goal right back Ben White hopefully he's over if it was an illness or a tactical decision that he went off for hopefully he's over whatever issues he had with Rashford uh, so right back Ben White right centre back Salabar left centre back Gabriel and left back Zinchenko and then our midfield the same three that's the best in the Premier League Odegaard right H slash 10 captain left 8 is Granit Xhaka and our number 6 is Thomas Partey hopefully he's fully fit after some rib, rib issues obviously there was scans MRI, MRI scans showing no issues with him so hopefully he is fit and able for Saturday because Jorginho is on the bench and uh, shouldn't come straight into the team and then obviously up front Nketiah through the middle Martinelli left wing and right wing Bakaya Saka however on the bench only I think Smithrow won't be there Elneny won't be there so you will have Jorginho and Vieira as well as Nelson now also on the bench and then Trossard as well so that's uh, f uh, four players that we can use from an attacking standpoint no more Marquinhos no more Cedric Suarez no more Sambi Lakonga. So there are players that went. However, our bench should be stronger. In defense, Kivio, Tomiyasu on the bench, Turner, reserve goalkeeper, and then very likely holding on the bench as well. So the options are there. Kieran Tierney as well. So there's going to be a point now where there's going to be some players sitting in the stands because our bench is covered in all aspects. I'm going for a 4-1 win. I'm hoping that we can get some goals now again uh, after the blank against Man City. So I'm going for a 4-1 win. You tend to struggle to find where Everton's going to score and Arsenal's quite good defensively and, and the way they control games away from home. So uh, And we don't tend to beat Sean Dyche teams easily. So I don't know where the 1-4 is coming from, but that's just what I've got in my mind. It probably won't happen. Uh, like that hopefully a 3-0 win but I'm going 4-1 to Arsenal hopefully everybody is there in terms of the team I selected and if not we do have cover now so uh, Arsenal to go 8 points clear with a game in hand uh, with Man City only playing the last game on Saturday, Sunday against Spurs away from home and no I'm not even going to dare ask Spurs for a favour because they were 2-0 up at the Etihad and they ended up getting smashed in the second half so they won't do us a favour they will mess it up even if they are leading but uh, confident that Arsenal will be 8 points clear heading into the Sunday's game where 
I don't even want to say hopefully Tottenham does something, but you never know. Come on, you gunners. <laughs>